Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Today we welcome a special guest, Father Caesar. It is interesting that the Church proposes this mystery to us during Lent. This is a time in which the consequences of seeing the essence of the virtual penance the hatred of sin as an offense to God should be emphasized. But instead we have heard that the apostles thought they were already in heaven, foreseeing the glory that filled our blessed Lord. But even when, the, when transfiguration is a glorious event, it is, so to speak, marked by the thought of the passion. In fact, San Leo the Great Pope says that the main object of the transfiguration was to remove from the hearts of his disciples the scandal of the cross. And so that the humiliations of his passion, freely accepted, will no longer trouble their faith. After the splendor, though hidden, of dignity of the dignity of the Son of God was revealed to them. In this way, that is, seeing himself now transfigured, our blessed Lord prepares his disciples against the scandal that their faith will suffer when they will later see Jesus so humiliated. That is why he now wants to strengthen them in the faith through this mystery. All this will help to strengthen the faith of the apostles in the one whom Peter wants recognized as Christ and the Son of the living God. And St. Leo the Great keeps saying that the disciples chosen as witnesses represent the whole church. To them, as well as to the apostles, the Eternal Father addresses himself when he proclaims the divinity of his Son, Jesus, and commands us to listen to him. He say, listen to him, says the Father. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. This is a divine voice. This divine voice heard in the midst of the splendid theophany is a consecration of the supreme law of Christianity, namely the law of humiliation and suffering, in order to reach our final end, namely glory. But there is something that draws our attention. That is to say, at the end of the manifestation of the divinity, the disciples were still prostrate and full of fear. 
And to drive away their fear and to give them strength, Jesus approached them so that they may gain courage with his presence. He touches them so that they may be sure that he is with them. And he says to them words of encouragement. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. In, order, in other words, the transfiguration also confirms our faith. Those words are also addressed to us. But in order to see this more clearly, notice that when the Father proclaims that Jesus is his Son, it is as if he were saying that all those who participate in the divinity through grace are equally his children, although with a different title, of course, by participation. It is an adoption, and this adoption is communicated through whom? Through Jesus. And this adoption gives us the right to participate in his divine life, namely grace, which will be consummated in glory. We must understand that we are children of God through the grace which is conferred on us through baptism. And this grace is a germ which has to grow. Though an, an outline which has to be filled in like a sketch, we will obtain perfection when after having persevered faithfully, our adoption acquires its development again in glory. Thus, we see in the transfiguration which is revealed beforehand our future greatness. This is our future. That glory which surrounds Jesus and which will one day be ours. The reason is that the inheritance which he possesses as God's own son will be granted to us because we are members of the mystical body of Christ. We are his members and we have the right in which we are to participate. In this regard, San Leo the Great Pope says that in this mystery of the transfiguration, God's providence has laid a solid foundation for the hope of the church so that the whole body of Christ may know what a transformation will be granted to it and that the members may be assured that they will be shares in the glory which shone forth in their head which is Christ himself. Such is the glory, glorious state that awaits us which is proposed to our faith as an object Toward hope. Do not be afraid, says our blessed Lord. By this he teaches us to always trust in him as long as we don't make ourselves unworthy of his help. In spite of temptation, trials, and sufferings, 
that we may come, that they may come to our, to our way. Even if we are surrendered because of our littleness before the greatness of the things that surround us, or because we have incurred in sin, Jesus will come, will touch us with his grace, especially in the reception of the sacraments. Every time that we think of God is an actual grace. It's not coming from our nature. We don't have to attribute this thought to us. It's because it's an actual grace from God. Jesus will come with touch and touch us with his grace, especially in the reception of the sacraments, and will pronounce to the ears of our souls words of encouragement. Is this movement that we have to love God, which is given from him. This is the word that touches our souls. I finish with the exhortation of San Leo, the great Pope. He says, no one should fear to suffer for the sake of justice. No one should lose confidence in regard, in the reward that has been promised. The way to rest is through toil. The way to life is through death. Christ has taken on himself the whole weakness of our lowly human nature. If then we are steadfast in our faith, if then, in him and in our love for him, we win the victory that he has won. We receive that he has promised the glory. So let us entrust ourselves to our Blessed Mother and let us ask for this grace to be able to see and for increasing of faith that one day if we remain faithful, we are going to see our bodies transfigured in the glory, seeing God face to face.